Welcome to Failing Forward. Clement Desai from Malawi is going to talk to us about data in the time of COVID and what he and his team have learned about how to do and not do remote data collection. Clement, can you introduce yourself for our audience, please? Okay, I'm Clement Desai. I am the country office uh, monitoring evaluation research and learning specialist for Care Malawi. And how long have you been in that role? Oh, six years um, doing this kind of work uh, at country office level and uh, over, I think, 12 years doing monitoring and evaluation. So why is it important for us to talk about what goes wrong? Uh, when you talk about what went wrong, uh, it also uh, helps you to avoid making the same mistakes which you made before. I recall in the, uh, some time back when I was leading uh, a long uh, report, one of the things which they mentioned is that sometimes we are unable to bring change because we are repeating mistakes, simply because those mistakes were not documented. Apart from that, I also think it is very uh, quite important if you are to increase your impact, because uh, when you're talking about what, is, what went wrong, you discuss about it, you are able to take correction, corrective measures. You are able to deliver quality programs, which you are likely to make more impact than before if you had not discussed uh, what actually went wrong. But of, of course, discussing about long also gives you an opportunity to think outside the box and uh, appreciate what else, what new things you may need to do in other contexts. Tell us a little bit about your example today. Okay, so I think my focus of today's example is about our program, which we are actually trying to address issues to do with COVID using a digital platform, particularly an interactive voice recording messages, which we worked with our colleagues from Diamo, in which the program we had actually designed this to be sending messages to project participants, particularly village savings and loan members, uh, messages related to uh, COVID-19, uh, messages related to how they could actually prevent, adapt to the, uh, the, the situation. And what went wrong? So firstly, preparation for the rollout of the sending of the messages. We are supposed to gather uh, phone numbers of the uh, bridge service and loans members from the project, uh, from this particular project area, and share it with the, our colleagues from Viamo so that they had to program and be pushing uh, the recorded messages or the SMSs to these uh, numbers. So, one thing which we thought went wrong is the fact that when we are collecting the numbers, we did not uh, inform uh, uh, appropriately the project participants about the purpose of these numbers. To that effect, some members would actually uh, thought that they were simply for us to communicate with them. So they would actually give us one phone number for several people uh, because they didn't know that we want to be sending uh, this COVID. Uh, some didn't know that we wanted to be sending uh, these kind of uh, messages design of a survey. We, one of the things we had actually prepared, we wanted to push a survey uh, to check how things are going. I think we noted that how it, we did it, something went wrong, 
because, for example, we had planned to push the survey to 5,000 people, push the survey on uh, 2,900 something, pick the survey, but 618 completed the survey. So if you look at the, in terms of the completeness or the response that it was a bit uh, low. We also noted that uh, some people were not getting the messages when we thought uh, we are delivering the messages to uh, 5,000 people, but some people were not getting until we realized, oh, I think such a, such a number of people are not getting the messages. A couple of things I hear you saying, one is around the importance of explaining to participants why you're collecting their phone numbers and more around participation on that side. I also hear something around planning and the way we're communicating. Why do you think we did it that way? At the beginning, we didn't have more knowledge about the operating environment for our partner, like Fiamo. At the beginning, we thought they were supposed to do everything, but I think we noted that we had a responsibility the other thing is that we also realized ethically we needed to provide the uh, inform uh, information for the, our project participants to get them uh, uh, prepared. And how did you move past that? What did you change as a result of what you learned? Okay, so what we did was to uh, create reflection sessions almost weekly. Uh, that's with Viamo, so that we are able to identify uh, any other issue which are emerging and we discussed together to resolve them. Secondly, uh, internally within care, we also developed the, a group which was actually monitoring what was actually going on and sharing uh, what is going on. So we created a, a group WhatsApp. This group WhatsApp was used one to confirm if a, a message has actually been pushed, uh, to confirm the quality of the messages, if it is within what we expected, uh, if it is also acceptable by, by uh, standards, but also we are using this platform to discuss any other issues which we needed to uh, improve along the way. So one of the problems you identified was around how much participants understood about the messaging and what was happening. Was there any time when you talked to participants about what they would like to see differently or changed the way you were sharing information with them? Yes. We actually also had that uh, opportunity to also uh, get feedback from the, the community in terms of the, con uh, the content of the message, in terms of how we are actually pushing the messages, in terms of any other improvement which they thought we would have actually made. So, for example, we realized that some messages were being pushed on a, uh, a Sunday by Viamo uh, in the morning. The feedback we got is like, you see what? Most of the standards, people are changed. Therefore, that's why you would actually also see a high number of uh, people not picking the phones because probably they were uh, out in the, uh, in the church. Apart from that, we also uh, got a positive feedback in terms of, oh, we are quite happy because currently we are hearing a lot of messages on COVID, but little was addressing various uh, issues. We are hearing a lot of uh, COVID messages regarding prevention, but little, little was actually talked about the gender aspect of, of the program. That's why we also got the feedback about certain phone numbers not being active within a specified period. 
So all that feedback, I think, was quite vital from us getting it from the uh, project participants. And when you set up the weekly meetings for reflections with the staff, did you set up any regular check-ins with people in communities so they can keep offering feedback? Yes, usually what we're doing, if there is any other emerging issue which has come out during our probably our uh, weekly meeting with the Viamo team or a weekly meeting uh, within the care staff, uh, we would actually give uh, an action points to our colleagues, uh, frontline staff, like, can you check with the people around the following uh, areas regarding the messages which we are actually pushing? So we would also say, when you are organizing meetings, can you assess uh, with the people how they view the messages we have been pushing? So yes, library, we would also uh, organize uh, some feedback being collected from uh, the uh, project participants emerging from what we have already discussed as a team. If you could do it all over again from the beginning, what would you change? One, we would allow ourselves time to before the first messages are actually pushed in. So that time would make sure that one, we have done good sensitization. Two, we have collected the only numbers which are active. Three, we have actually developed our scripts, our messages appropriately. Four, we would have actually also made sure that we have developed the ananas plan of the data which will be collecting. How do we intend to feed into our programming and how we would want to disseminate what we are getting from the uh, communities. And what is one action or maybe a couple of actions you would recommend to other people at CARE based on your experiences? One, using uh, digital uh, platforms is the best way to do and the, the quickest you would actually do things. But in any digital platform or remote monitoring, we should always also consider some limitations and the already developed mechanisms to mitigate the limitations which are coming, are embedded in the strategy or the monitoring which we are using, which is remote or digital. Particularly with the survey design, I know when we first started, we had maybe 15 or 20 questions and we thought, oh, that's very short, that will be fine. And then Viamo came back and they said 15 is too many. You, people just won't answer 15. Get it down to 10. We tried and we decided and we, we went to 10 questions. Even 10, people did not want to answer. As you said, many people started and not so many people finished. How do you think about that focusing on only the essential information when you're doing this kind of messaging over remote? Because that is one of the limitations. Yeah, I think that's very important to make sure that uh, you are doing things which are very simple. That takes to consideration about the context. So, for example, the richest level would actually be one of the things. Uh, apart from that, I think one of the things which we realized in terms of the survey, it is to reduce the number of options so that uh, the phone call is a bit short but the, uh, the possibility of people remembering what they're doing is also quite high. So you talked about low literacy as being very important in the context of Malawi and the people you are working with. Are there other factors about the context besides literacy level that people should be thinking about when they design something like this? 
Yes, of course, a good example is about uh, our focus was COVID. Within uh, a period of uh, three months, there are emerging issues which might not be common in every uh, area. So, for example, this, pro this project, Viamo, was supposed to be doing in three, I think, three countries. But you find each country had its own uh, specific context. For example, in Malawi, at a certain point, previous late was dropping. When the depreciation rate is dropping, the kind of message which you need to emphasize is different when the uh, cases are actually increasing. So like a good example, when the uh, cases are dropping, you find people start relaxing about adhering to the uh, preventative measures when they should actually not do it. You find instead of focusing on the, the high numbers, you do actually focus on that Despite the law, is there's new cases, the pandemic is still in existence. We need to focus on preventive. I'll continue adhering to the preventive measures. How are you using these lessons to adapt programming or to improve your impact as Caramel Alley? Already, the lessons we, we rent, I think, are being uh, integrated in the new COVID-related uh, designs we are actually uh, doing. But the lessons we have also learned are actually being integrated in overall M&E because we have learned a number of things how we need to do certain things. Apart from that, we are actually also sharing with others in terms of how we can actually do better in the programming of this nature. You've been doing monitoring and evaluation, you said, for over 12 years, and for six of those years at CARE. How has COVID changed that or changed the way you think about the way we collect and use data? It changes quite in a number of ways. One, focus. When you uh, previously, we would actually think about a number of things to be done. In the context of COVID, you need to actually just focus the most important things so that if it is a physical data collection, it means you don't spend a lot of time in the community. Similarly, the, at this time, that's when you got to think about innovative way of collecting the data apart from uh, the usual way we have been doing it. So I would previously, I wouldn't think of uh, having, uh, getting my team to have a, a, a phone calls of about uh, 30 minutes, 20 minutes with the community to collect the data. I would actually say, can you go in the community? That's not what we're supposed to be doing currently. So there are a number of modifications which we need to do in the context of uh, COVID. We need, another example is now we need to rely upon secondary data apart from the primary uh, data. Do you think any of those changes will continue when the COVID situation has settled down? Certainly, I think is that there are certain things which will continue uh, beyond the uh, COVID. We ought to be thinking COVID as just, you know, at one point, as just one of the diseases. But what we have learned from it is something which we have to continue to uh, actually promote or do. When you think about how fast things are changing right now, you mentioned sometimes the COVID rate is going up, so you have to change messaging, and it's different if the COVID rate is going down. Lots of things are changing so quickly. How do you monitor when something is changing and you need to adapt to respond to it? One, to just identify that things have changed is also to use multiple ways of uh, getting data, talking to different uh, uh, individuals. 
But most importantly, I think he, the project uh, target population, the impact population, uh, are the ones which will also feed us uh, important things which will help us to uh, adjust how we are doing our monitoring or even our implementation. Has this changed the way you think about participation and getting opinions and feedback and information from people in the community? Yes, just a good example. When everyone, the, the program designers, the uh, policy makers, we are so much worried about COVID. Getting feedback from the community, at one point we actually had a number of how they consider COVID. Like for example, no, the COVID is for, uh, for the people who are in town. Uh, COVID is for uh, people who have actually, who actually travels a lot. Such things would actually give us, okay, I think we need to be, to be on the ground so that we craft our programming, our messaging, based on what is uh, real on the ground, uh, not only how we think uh, as the uh, designers of programs. And if you had to sum up your key message from this podcast in one or two sentences, what would they be? One, uh, I would actually say that uh, remote monitoring is the way to go in the context of COVID. Continuous reflection uh, on how you are implementing a program is something which should never be, and we need to use uh, what's coming from the monitoring. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, Clement. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next Failing Forward.